a while back, it's been a, and I, I wouldn't say a year ago, probably close to a year ago, I, I was reading the book of Joshua, and I fell asleep during my devotional time at night, laying in bed. Don't judge me. You do it too. How many have fallen asleep while you're reading the Word of God? The rest of you are liars, or you just don't read the Bible. <laughs> I found myself in the book of Joshua, and in the middle of the night, this has never happened, not because I'm not a, 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 a spiritual man, it's just just never happened in my life. I wish I could say it did as a pastor, but I woke up about three o'clock in the morning and I felt like God was laying a message on my heart in a portion of scripture that I read that was found in the book of Joshua chapter seven. And there that night, I took my phone out, I wrote the notes, but I felt so convicted about some things that I was dealing in my own life. And I said to the Lord, I said, I can't preach this. This is so sensitive that I feel like I need to be exactly where you'd want me to be before I cross this bridge. Time went by. And I told my wife, I said, I feel strongly led this is the direction I need to go. I have peace. And uh, so this morning in Joshua chapter 7, I want to talk about an aspect of life that nobody wants to talk about. Uh, For a matter of fact, we're going to deliberately go out of our way when it comes to this to hide it. We don't want anybody to know about it. Uh, We are very intentional about making sure nobody knows. And by that... I mean nobody. And we even get the idea that God himself may not know. We don't want him to know, but he knows all things. And so we hide these things. So I want to draw your attention to Joshua chapter 7. In Joshua chapter 7, uh, we see the chilling account of what is called hidden sin. Now the Bible doesn't literally call it that, but we see it as that. The very thing that we as believers do not want revealed. The children of Israel just experienced a great victory in Jericho, and you remember the story. Joshua picked the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. You went to Sunday school, good for you. And in the midst of those walls and the rubble of the walls, there was something there called sin. Achan was one of the soldiers, and before they entered into the city of Jericho, they were warned by God not to take anything. For a matter of fact, destroy everything. That's a chilling thought for us, right? Destroy everybody. The cattle, everything needs to be destroyed and burnt. And don't take anything with you. Now later on we find God commanding them to take certain things with them. But in this case, in this portion of scripture, he says not to. And now under the same leadership of Joshua, they find themselves facing a city of Ai. And before they ever got there, back in Jericho, Achan made a decision. When he was that soldier walking through the remains of the city of Jericho, he found some things that appealed to him. And those things that he saw attracted him in such a way that he gave into it. In Joshua, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 7, it gives a clear account of this. After it was revealed, Achan was approached by Joshua and said, what have you done? And I'm paraphrasing. What sin have you committed? Come clean if you would. And so we fast forward in Joshua chapter 7 verse 20 and see what happens. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel and thus and thus have I done. 
Don't know what thus and thus is, but it wasn't good. In verse 21, when I saw among the spoils of goodly Babylonish garments in 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them. He said, I walked amongst the people that were being slain. And I saw there in their homes as we were destroying the city something that I liked. I lusted after it, coveted after it, I wanted it. It appealed to me, it tempted me, and I gave into it. And when I did, I took of it. And the Bible says, I took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver is under it. And here we are now with sin that developed in the ruins of Jericho because of one man's choice to take of the accursed and to hide it in his tent. So now let's fast forward to verse 20 as they approach Ai, the city of Ai. We already know the city of Ai is a small city. For a matter of fact, it's nothing like Jericho. But the soldiers and Joshua himself had no idea that Achan had sin hid in the tent that he lived in. So they went about pursuing Ai as if everything was okay. Sin is a violation of the laws of God. And God's law is a reflection of God's character. Choosing to sin is choosing to cross over the boundaries that God has put into place. When I was in Alabama a couple of years ago, we went to the Wildlife Refuge Center and walked the trails, me and my nieces. <clears throat> and we came across a plain of ground. It was beautiful. And my nieces were like, I want to go over there. And I'm like, you know, I was like a good uncle. I was like, why not? But there was a line drawn. There was a rope there. And there was a sign that said not to go in there. I'm thinking, who's going to rat you out? The ducks? I mean, come on. What's the big deal? I'm a great uncle, right? And so here we are making the decision, and Abby, my good niece, she's like, I just don't think we should do it. And I'm like, listen, Mother Teresa, it's going to be okay. So next thing you know, this wonderful uncle tempted them, and they crossed the line. And here's a picture. They were so excited. They danced with joy as rebels, area beyond this sign closed. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. They were tempted. They were tempted by the devil. <laughs> Not really. Myself. And after the girls crossed the line and gave in to temptation, they found themselves dancing and celebrating in their victory. I believe that we do the same thing. Sin is making an intentional decision that no matter what the sign says, no matter what God's word says, I'm going to do as I please. If it goes directly against God's commandment, I'll do it anyway. What is it that persuades us to sin against God? This morning I asked you the question, what causes us to cross the line? What is it that causes us to do that which is contrary to the word of God, the holiness of God? And not only do it, but dance in it, live in it, and enjoy it, indulge in it. I'll tell you what it is. It's the human nature. You can blame Satan sitting on your little shoulder whispering in your ear but the fact of the matter is most time it's just us giving into our flesh because satan may not have anything to do with it 
Mankind fights against the holiness of God because it's in our nature to do so. It's our flesh. The flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, the Bible says. It is our flesh that gives way to the temptation that's before us. And by doing so, we plunge ourselves into a sinful situation, a lifestyle of sin that in the end, we find ourselves not just willingly living in it, comfortably living in it. And by living in sin, we soon become carnal and passive to things that are around us, the sinful conditions we're in, to the point we would live in it blindly, comfortably, just as Achan. Jericho, he took what appealed to him and hid it in his tent. I have a friend that does plumbing work. He told me the story that he went to a house that had a backed up sewer uh, and it flooded the basement and there was about three, four inches of sewer water in the basement, a job he dreaded to do. So he went there, he went to the basement, he walked down in his waders and it wasn't the, the sewer that shocked him, it was the fact that there were some teenage boys sleeping down there. Not because they were in an abusive situation, but because they chose to, because that's where they would game and hang out. And they got comfortable, so comfortable that when he went down to the basement, they woke up, they turned on the TV, grabbed their controllers, and put their feet in the septic water as if nothing was going on as he cleaned the septic out. You say, that's disgusting. It is. Look at this picture. It's disgusting to think they would live in this. It's dark and kind of difficult to see what's going on there, but the fact of the matter, in our own lives, we do the same thing. We find ourselves living in the sewers of sin. God is a righteous God. He's pure, he's holy, and he's never willing to live in filth or allow us to do the same. He, according to 1 Peter chapter 16, is a holy God. And because we are the children of God, he is not going to accept his children to live in sin. That's why Romans 6 says this, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? There are consequences to sin. And because there's consequences to sin, we soon find ourselves hiding our sin. So we can continue with any, with no repercussions, with no problems, if you would, because it's put away, it's hid, it's safely stored away in the shadows of our life. And it slowly becomes a part of who we are and eventually redefines us as a believer, our identity in Christ, hidden sin. Wow. It's scary to think that we have this in our lives. We allow these things in our life. So back up with me to verse 4 of Joshua chapter 7. As the children of Israel pursue Ai, with the clarity of what's taking place and Achan having the hidden sin in his tent, I want you to understand as they were pursuing Ai that God had to make a decision because of the sin in the camp. And that sin had consequences and it affected everybody. In the same way it affected them, it affects us when we have hidden sin in our lives. So, with that in mind, I want to reveal those things. What hidden sin does. 
In Joshua chapter 7 and verse 4, the Bible makes it clear that there was only around 3,000 men that pursued the city. And when they arrived at the city, the Bible continues to explain that they turned from the people of Ai and ran. Why did they run? Something entered their mind that we cannot do this. Spiritually speaking, it's as if they said, no, 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 no. We can't move forward as a warrior. Because hidden sin weakens warriors. It weakens warriors to the point that they're willing to turn from the battle before them and run and begin to retreat. When we were uh, at Sight and Sound, uh, we, we were up on the balcony and they had these long stairs and Donna Tenney doesn't usually get to go with us and I was so excited, but she has breathing disorder and a lot of medical issues and um, so we helped her down after the show and she had her oxygen tank and she was just struggling but I was so excited to see her. Here's a picture of you. Don't know her. Check her out. She's a wonderful lady. Uh, and we got to the bottom, and she was so weak, and she was shaking, and she sat in that wheelchair. And then Mike Tenney noticed that her air tank, the battery, died. So she was receiving no oxygen. Way to go, Mike. No, Mike had no clue. But the fact of the matter is, is the same goes in our life. As warriors of Jesus Christ, we're weakened because, if you would, our spiritual oxygen has been cut off. We can't process. We're gasping for air. We're saying to ourselves, I can do this, I can do this, but in the reality, you can't do it because you're a weak Christian, because something's in your life preventing you from being prosperous. And because of that, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 7, verse 4 and 5, that they retreated. They ran. They ran all the way to another city to the point that the men chased after them from Ai and smote them all the way down. Miles. Where are we at as believers when we have hidden sin in our lives? We're weakened warriors. We're weak and we retreat. Because of the parasite of sin slowly breaks down the warrior's will to win. And through our weakness, we choose to no longer fight the good fight of faith, but rather retreat. We give give up on biblical standards. We reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When God is convicting us, we quench it and say, no, 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 not now, not now, not now. I'd rather continue where I'm in and what I'm in. We turn our backs on the will of God and we find ourselves running from the spiritual battle that's in front of us. And retreating like a coward. And rather give in to our our temptations and our lifestyle of sin. I'd rather continue in the trends that are available and living the easy life. Than to remove the hidden sin that's in my life. Christians' fathers and mothers no longer find themselves fighting for Christian values in their home. But rather they'd rather, rather live a lifestyle of sin... And just appease their kids. And here they are becoming weak. Retreating. And when the warrior is weak. He no longer fights the battle. But he retreats. And because of that he begins the question. Look with me. Joshua chapter 7 and verse 7. You see the weakened warrior. He's weak. He's retreating. And then all of a sudden. The leader 
starts to question God in verse 7. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, where hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites? To destroy us? Joshua is now being affected by the hidden sin of Achan. And he begins to question God. Joshua questions God's integrity. Did you bring us over here to kill us, God? Is that the kind of God you are? Hidden sin causes us to question God and whether he's good or if we can trust him. Hidden sin causes us to start putting our faith elsewhere in our finances and our friends and our government, if you can imagine that. And then you begin to slowly fade in your prayer life. You become nonchalant in how you often you pray and cliche and it's empty. Have you been there? Have you questioned God? Has the hidden sin driven you to the point where you're finding yourself backing up from the battle and saying, I'm too weak. I can't keep on doing this. I don't want to keep on doing this. It's too hard to discipline. It's too hard to live for God. It's too hard to turn from sin. Have you found yourself retreating and questioning God saying, is it worth it? Because let me tell you something, when you allow hidden sin in your life, you start questioning God if he's good, not because he is not good, but because you're not living good. It's all you. The things you're going through, the problems you're experiencing, they're things that you've allowed in your life because of your sin. Joshua goes on a little further and says this, Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. In other words, I would rather be back on the other side of Jordan outside of Canaan land, outside of the promised land, living the way we were living before. You know you're in bad shape when hidden sin gets you to the point where you not only question God, but you start saying to God, it's better off, it was better off when I was living in sin. It makes you wonder if you were better off in the condition you were in before you were a believer in Jesus Christ, the lifestyle of sin you were living in beforehand. That's why you find yourself going to office parties that indulge in some things that you would never go to before. That's why we find teenagers going to the prom and afterwards they find the after party, the after prom, and they find themselves in a situation they never would have put themselves in before. Underage drinking, premarital sex, and in prayer activities. And you find yourself in that situation because you feel as if this whole Christianity thing is not for you. You start questioning if it's worth being a believer and standing up for what's right. You start questioning if it's worth watching what you say and the way you react. Because when hidden sin gets in our lives, it weakens us as warriors. We retreat from the battle that's before us and we find ourselves questioning everything. And Satan is the master of questioning. He'll make you wonder, is it really worth it staying in this relationship? You're always, you're always arguing. Why would you want to continue in this relationship? We become more culturally relevant than biblically sound. We bend to whatever is trending whatever is acceptable, and before we know it, we find ourselves drifting as Achan. But it doesn't end there, because hidden sin, it not only weakens warriors, but it also avoids victories. 
In Joshua chapter 7 and verse 12, the Bible says, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their back before their enemies because they were accursed. Sin. Hidden sin was there. So what does that mean? It means the soldier's power was removed. It was Saul in 1 Samuel that lost the power of God because of disobedience. It was Samson that lost the power of God in the book of Judges because of lust. And what is it to lose the power of God? Well, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It doesn't mean you lose the spirit of God. But it does mean that you will lose the blessings and the provision of God. And because we begin to live without the blessings of God and the provision of God, we start to do things our way and try to figure things out our way to accomplish life in our own power. And when we lose that spiritual stability as a Christian, and let me remind you, you cannot be stable without Christ. And when you lose that stability as a believer, things start to crumble. John 15, chapter, chapter 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. You are worthless without me. You have no power without me. You have no victory without me. And so here we are facing Ai. And the children of Israel say, I can't understand why are we so weak? Why are we powerless? Why are we not able to fight against the enemy? God, what are you doing? Why is there no victory in my life? Powerless. But the Bible goes on to say in Joshua chapter 7 and verse 12 at the end of the verse, neither will I be with you anymore except ye destroy the accursed from among you. God said, let me tell you something. You're going to be powerless, but you're also going to have no presence. You're not going to have the presence of God with you. There's a difference between the presence of God and the power of God. The removal of the presence of God is the ceasing of God working the life of the believer because of a sinful wedge that we have allowed in your relationship with him. It's a wall of sin that we set up between us and God. Years ago, uh, I remember wanting to talk to Brianna when we were dating. And, you know, we had, the, you know, even before Brianna, all the girls I used to date, you know, I, we, we only had that phone in the kitchen, you know, and, and it had that long cord. It, how many remember that? And you didn't want anybody to hear you on the phone because you're talking to your, your girl. And so you take the phone and you make sure you even spend the money to get the extra long cord. And your mom's like, I just hate this cord. It's all tangled up. And you're like, Mom, I need it. Got to talk to my lady. So you take the phone. You go all the way down the hallway. Stretch the cord into the bathroom. Because you want to hear the voice of the one you love. And you don't want anybody interrupting. Like Tony. Or Denny. Because if you have multiple lines in the house, they always pick up one of the phones because they could hear what was going on. I can hear you breathing, Tony. I know you're jealous because I have a girlfriend and you don't. <laughs> but later on, we finally got a cell phone and I was dating Brianna and it was wonderful. But all I could do is hear her voice and I felt so disconnected. I wanted the presence of Brianna in my life. So back in that day, we just hold the phone, listen, talk, and a picture in the other hand. And now we FaceTime. We see the person we love. We see the person we're dating. 
The person we want to be close to, we want that presence to be real. Let me tell you, according to Isaiah 59, the Bible says in verse 1, when the children of Israel sinned against God at a prior time, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. The presence of God was removed because sin was there. It put a wedge between them. I want the presence of the one I love. I want to be there with my wife. I want to see her face to face. I want to communicate with her. But let me tell you, the same goes with God. I want God in my life, and I want the presence of God in my life. But if we choose to do what the Bible says, if we choose to live in sin, as Achan did, and hide the sin, it puts a wedge between you and God, and the presence of God is not there. You say, well, he said he'll never leave us or forsake us. He won't. But the relationship is hindered. There's a problem. Have you ever found yourself pleading to God to hear you? Have you found yourself wringing your hands, asking God to reveal himself to you, pleading to God to reveal his presence? Have you got to the point that God's presence is nowhere to be found? Have you found yourself alone and without conviction, passion, and communication with your God? That's where the children of Israel were. The presence was removed. You might be sitting here right now thinking to yourself, it's not fair, God doesn't hear my prayers. I, I, I feel like God is not listening. The only thing that's not fair is the fact that you have allowed hidden sin in your life and God can't hear your prayers because you put a wedge between you and God. And the soldier's power is removed, but now <clears throat> he finds himself lacking the presence of God because of sin. And here their children of Israel are searching for an answer, questioning God. David found himself in the same condition. And what he said is this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. He said, I don't want to live like this. I want you to look into my life. Search me and know me, God. I want that relationship to be right between me and you. It is the removal of the power and the presence of God that soon brought casualties in the life of the Israelites. Hidden sin weakens warriors. It voids the victory, but it also causes casualties according to Joshua chapter 7 and verse 5. See, Achan had some friends that were soldiers, these warriors that went to battle. And I imagine maybe even some of those men that died could have been his friend. Achan could have been in the very battle that was lost. He could have saw everything that was taking place. And the Bible says in chapter 7 and verse 5 that the men, 36 men, were slain and chased after. You see, the casualties of hidden sin hurt your friends. And there he is watching those men die because of his sin. 36 of Achan's friends met death because he chose to hold on to his hidden sin. You know what? Hidden sin is selfish. When you're willing to compromise your relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, to hold on to your obsession with your sin, 
You've become selfish. You no longer are benefiting the body of Christ. You're hurting the body of Christ. For a matter of fact, you need to understand that we are so big on saying, hey, if the finger of the body of Christ is hurting, the hand needs to be there for that finger and hold that finger and love that finger. Yes, yes, yes. But let me remind you, if the finger of the body of Christ is living in sin and there's hidden sin, that finger is hurting the whole body of Christ. Wake up and understand, you think that your sin doesn't affect Fellowship Baptist Church. You're crazy. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, that's not one person. That's all of them. So when we allow sin in the camp, it affects everybody because we're all in this together. And the casualties can be great. Your hidden sin will become a stumbling block maybe for those around you, a defeat for those that you love and care for. Moses was in that situation. He had a decision to make. In Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Moses said, I'd rather be with God's people than enjoy the pleasures of Pharaoh. I'd rather walk away from the sinful pleasures that Pharaoh can offer, and that for a season, and be there for my brothers and sisters in Christ. How far are you willing to go with your sin? You'd rather enjoy your sin for a season than sacrifice for your friends? Everybody puts prayer requests out. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And while they're throwing those prayer requests out, they go back to wherever their hidden sin is and they say, but I'm not going to leave this. I'm not going to remove this. I'm not going to reveal this. Let me tell you something. You are crazy if you think that your prayers are going to be answered while you indulge in your sin. Paul made it very clear, we can't live any longer therein. Your hidden sin is causing casualties. It's hurting your friends, but also, the worst of it all, the Bible says, it's destroying families. <clears throat> In Joshua chapter 7, verse 24, after the sin was revealed, and Achan came clean because he was asked to, the Bible says they took him, they took the silver, the garments, the wedge of gold in his sons and his daughters and all of his oxen, everything he had, including his tent. They brought it down to the valley. And it was there in that valley that the greatest casualty took place. Let me remind you, every time you add to the cover-up of your sin, you're taking away from the stability of your family. You begin to live in an alternate world, thinking you're okay, trying to manage your marriage, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to maintain your relationship with your kids and your ministry and your church. While doing so, you're trying to hold your lies together. This second life, if you would, your secrets, and soon you become so busy trying to ma manage your hidden sin, you start to lose your family. Your relationship with your kids you look like a spiritual zombie in the hallways of the church. 
Your wife no longer knows who you are. You don't have time to spend with your kids because you are figuring out how to constantly manage your porn, your adultery, your sexting, your obsession on the internet, spreading discord, and when you're confronted, how to cover it up and act as if it doesn't exist. Yeah. We have some folks in here right now. You're obsessed with TikTok. A lot of guys love TikTok. I know why you love TikTok. It's because the girl's on TikTok. It's really quiet in here, isn't it? Come on, we can't code everything, don't we? You got Netflix and Hulu and everything. We, because it's entertainment, it's okay to see a sex scene? Oh, we'll never listen to any kind of music that curses. No, no, sir. Well, we don't mind watching every movie that comes out that curses God to hell. That's what GD is. Let's be real. We become comfortable in the septic that we're living in. We're okay with the idea that my adulterous life is all right. Let me tell you something. Baby daddies are not biblical. Marriage is biblical. Marriage is honorable, and the bed is undefiled. And the Bible says, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. I'm sick and tired of seeing grandparents raise the grandchildren because mom and dad are nowhere to be found. And it's not because there's a circumstance going on that they have to lean on the grandparent. I'm talking about the ones that walk away and say, I enjoyed that for a season, but now you take it. We have teenagers that say, I don't draw lines. We just do what we need to do, and we go about life living free. That's foolishness. You, you find yourself cuddling up to temptation saying, we know where to draw a line. You don't know where to draw the line. Temptation knows where to push you. Let's get real with God. The fact of the matter is, we have all gotten to the point in our lives where we get comfortable You may not see what you're doing to your family at this very moment, but in the end you will. When your son and your daughter are getting counseling because they're so messed up because of the way you fathered them, because you were a horrible parent and you didn't know how to keep your mouth shut. This is real, right? The majority of our counseling at Fellowship Baptist Church is because a mom or dad made a horrible decision. Yes. And the casualty is your kids. Yeah. The majority of teenagers that have premarital sex and babies out of wedlock are because there was no true lines drawn. There's no conviction and standards. You can draw all the lines you want, but if you are not convicted about your sin, you will continue therein. Do you understand? Where are we? How important is your sin? your hidden sin, that you would be willing to hurt your family over, to compromise your marriage, to lose the respect of your children, to destroy your testimony with your church and your friends, to hinder God's future plan for your life. Boy, whatever that hidden sin is, it must be something special. 
you're willing to throw your marriage away over it. If you're willing to destroy the relationship you have with your parents over it. Hey, it doesn't matter if you're young or old. We all have hidden sin. But the question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. It's not too late to uncover your sin. It's not too late. God told Joshua in verse 13 that if the sin was removed, they would be restored. Achan was given time to remove the sin, but he chose not to. You know why he chose not to? Because he loved his sin more than his family. And it was in that valley that his whole family and everything he owned was destroyed. His kids were put to death, his wife was put to death, and he was put to death. He said, that's the worst thing I have ever heard. I've heard worse. Because it, it happens all the time. You say, is God going to kill me if I don't get rid of my hidden sin? No, I'm not saying that at all. The one that's going to really destroy your family is not God. It's you. God's trying to convict you. God's trying to help you. And all you have to do is what Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13 says. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth it and forsake them shall have mercy. God wants to show mercy. Are you willing to accept it? The only thing that will keep you from reaping the benefits of God's blessings is you not being willing to forsake your hidden sin. And we do that because of pride. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Are you going to let your pride get in the way of your hidden sin? Or are you going to step back and say, no longer am I going to allow this to be in my home, in my life? No longer am I going to be that spouse that's hiding the sin or that son or that daughter. I can't keep on living this way. It's not going to end well if you choose to continue to hide your sin. Destruction is waiting for you. And it may not be, obviously, the same destruction Achan experienced with his family in that valley when they all died, but it will not be pretty because pride bringeth forth destruction. Don't let your haughty spirit get in the way of your confession. And God wants to help you and give you mercy. If you're willing to confess, Achan was willing to continue in his sin. He had a chance, and he didn't take it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And here you are. Whether you're joining us by way of Facebook or sitting in this room right now, you have a choice at this very moment. Will you continue in your sin? Will you hide it and just hope nothing bad comes from it? Are you willing to humble yourself before a living God and say, I will no longer continue therein? No longer will I hide my sin.